Stories, fables, ghostly tales. Welcome, listeners, to your daily dose of creepy stories. Today, I have for you the continuation of Family Knows Best by Sean Corrales. And to briefly recap, our protagonist was previously being tormented by their family, attacked, chased down, and a mysterious person trying to save them. In the end, spoiler alert, he got caught. Or did he? Join me today for a listener story that's both mysterious and creepy. Family Knows Best Chapter 3 is broken into two parts, with the last part being recorded tomorrow. So grab yourself a delicious hot beverage. I'm drinking my peppermint tea tonight. Yum. And turn off those lights, turn up the sound, and get ready for something different. I sit bolt upright, regretting the decision as soon as I make it. Everything hurts. Every single part of my body protests the quick awakening. My head throbs hard, as if my brain wants to escape through my temple with a battering ram. My stomach threatens to empty so I cover my mouth. Why do people do that? Covering your mouth leaves your hand full of sick. Man up and swallow that shit. Bile flirts with my tongue, reminding me why you don't want to do that. Giving myself a moment, I take in the dark room. It's as small as always, but it seems more oppressive, more ominous. I swing my legs over the side of my bed to my carpet, when I feel hundreds of needles rise from the soles of my feet prickling my thigh. Numb, static explosions shot through my leg, trying to wake it up. Ugh. As I groaned, hot copper filled my mouth. Was I bleeding? The shock of the taste ran through my body, alerting me to other areas of pain as I tried to stand. On wobbling legs, I stumbled to the light switch. That sound froze me in place, my fingers inches from the light. My phone had never given me this reaction before, but now it seemed to carry a horrible weight. Why was this scaring me? Why was I in so much pain? Oh God. The bile rose again this time, mixing with the copper, making me wobble from disgust. It snapped me back to reality and I flipped on the light. Dull light filled the room, clearing my head a bit. The rest of my body still hurt. A dull grey room stared back at me with its uncomfortable bed, old nightstand and dingy light. The boring dresser next to me was filled with hand-me-ups from my much smaller siblings. I never could keep any nice clothes for myself, and when I did buy some, I'd have to give it away, only to get it back after extensive use. There sat a phone, its screen lit from another message. This is a normal thing. Get a text, call, or whatever else, and answer it. This shouldn't be something that caused my heart to race like it was. Racing hearts to out-of-shape people mean something different to skinny people. I thought I was dying. Staring at the glass rectangle, I forgot all about the pains and odd tastes. I stared at it, not knowing why it caused me such unease. Who is it? I said aloud, chiding myself the moment the words left my mouth. It's a phone, genius. As if answering me, the phone chirped. 
I shook myself from my stupor and fumbled with the phone. Only one ring. I guess they hung up. Holding the phone, I saw that it was still ringing, but no sound escaped the tiny speaker. The phone read, Jacob, with the smiling face of my brother. Normal. I go to answer when I read the time. 3.39am. Not normal. I heard my dad's voice in my head. Family time is important, and you must ensure you are there for them at all times. No matter what. I hit the green button. Nothing happens. I press it again to the same result. The little green button is surrounding a dancing phone receiver. I wonder when that will become an ancient symbol like hieroglyphs. I tap it a few more times before it dawns on me to slide it. Glad you are up, big bro! Jacob explained in an uncharacteristic chipper voice. Let's hang out. I have a special spot in the woods I discovered, he continued. I say nothing as everything still hurts, and for some reason my ears are killing me too. I guess I let the silence hang too long because he cleared his throat. <clears throat> are you in? He asked. Jacob. As I talk, the copper fills my mouth. I shove my fingers in there to check if I'm bleeding. Jacob. I repeat with a sigh of relief, seeing clean fingers. Dude, can we go in the morning? Sensing his smart-ass remark, I add... Like, not the ass crack of the day, morning. I hear him sniff on the other end as I gingerly sit on my bed. Why does my ass hurt? It's not that early, he protests in a playful tone. I click the side of the phone, checking the time. Nothing happened. That's odd. Plus, what I want to show you can only be done before sunrise. He sounded a little deflated as I click the button at the top of the phone to get the time. 3.58am. I guess you don't have to go though. I can wake dad up and tell him you were too tired. That little shit. Ugh. I groan. Fine. He tells me to meet him in the back of the edge of the woods, behind the house, with a few suggestions to dress warm and wear boots. He hung up. Jacob hasn't exactly been friendly in his tweens, and the last time we hung out was at the mall. At that mall, we saw a few friends, so I did the cool bro thing and went to the arcade. What shocked me was that he hugged me in thanks. It made me think, yeah, this is worth it. Turns out, he stole my keys. I was well into the fifth level of some shooter game before I realized it, which, frankly, sucked. That mall was on the not-so-great part of town, and my phone at the time could not get service to save my life. I got lucky and saw someone from school, so she let me call home. Somehow him going for a joyride was my fault, and we've never been cool since. Needless to say, I did not trust this little adventure into the woods. I don't think it hurt me, but I was going to stay on guard and keep my phone ready. 4.13am, I get outside to see my lean brother standing in the dewy morning. He wore a flannel shirt under a vest jeans, and his hiking boots. His messy brown hair lays on his square head. His bright blue eyes smiled beneath it. An ugly jagged wound cut across his face, still bleeding. I blinked in horror, but it was gone. A memory of his smiling bloody face flashed in my head. It too flitted away as I got closer to him. His face was clear and perfect. He got all the looks. 
An uncharacteristic smile crossed his dour face, matching that uncharacteristic voice from earlier. As I approach, I look down at him, glad to have something on him. Everything is fine, I tell myself. Come on, I brought lunch and everything we'll need for this hike. The word hike gave me pause, and he sees it, frowning. It'll be good for you and the payoff. He pinched his fingers together, kissing them and spreading them. Mwah! Earning a roll of my brown eyes. The grass is spongy under my thick boots in our backyard. We make our way to the fence, past a green sea of toys and yard tools. The treehouse he built in the mighty oak stood strong even after two years of dad making it. The workshed glistened in the back from the neighbor's floodlights. That we all hated. We told him to take it down, but he's kind of a dick. The light caught something staring back at me through the window. I turned away and kept walking to the fence before it registers. I whip back around, feeling my heart threatened to leave my chest. What's wrong? Jacob calls to me. I look to him, then back at the window. Nothing. The damn floodlights are messing with me. I say, trying to believe my own words. He looks at me, squinting his eyes, reading my lie. Forget it. I tell him to stop asking any more questions. He nods and we start our trek into the woods behind our house. We've been in that same house since I was born, and I never had a reason to go back here. Jacob lived out here and knew where every root, fallen branch and animal dropping was. Probably. I don't know. We don't talk, but he's out here a lot. We walk about 15 minutes before he speaks. Are you happy? The question catches me off guard but I consider it before answering. I'm not sad. I respond in a non-committal way. He was acting so weird. That doesn't answer the question. He retorted. I don't know. How do you define happiness? Are you happy? I ask not knowing what to say, but I feel like I need to be wise here. I'm not happy. He said. The way he said it concerned me. There was something odd in his tone, like he was sure of what he was saying but confused at the time. I say nothing, giving him time to complete the thought. What if we don't define our own happiness? What if it's designed by someone else? He never breaks his stride and he contemplates existential quandaries. So, if we don't have anything to compare it to then a designed happiness is just as good as the ones we make ourselves. I say in my best attempt at being a sage. Though, in this case, I think you created my happiness. He paused, turned to face me with a shocked look. I miss having my little brother. And here you are, guiding me to see a sunrise. I guessed that was what he was doing. I may not always be happy, but you've made this exceptionally early day start off well. I ended with a smile, glad for the break as I huff out puffs of mist. <sighs> Am I not normally friendly? This question seemed off. He wasn't asking because he wanted my opinion. He was asking because he didn't know. Was this outside of my normal character? His face twisted into anger. I studied his odd reaction. Come, let's continue. His words losing charm. I tried to check my phone chasing after him. The buttons were off. Unknown, it read. I ignore it. It's not a bad thing, I called after him, desperate not to lose this moment. I know what it's like to become a teenager. Nothing seems right, it feels like everyone is out to get you, but you always have family. 
I felt my pep talk helped, but it was hard to tell from the back of his head. His shorter legs navigated the woods better than my longer ones. That's what I tell myself. Plus, I'm sure he'd need less oxygen to move about. <laughs> what a jerk. He turned at a gnarled-looking tree, which made me take in my surroundings for the first time. Our only source of light was the flashlight he brought. It was powerful, sure, but it was still dark out. The light cast cruel shadows onto the ground, from the trees and branches. It was like hundreds of long-fingered hands reaching for me. I quickened my steps to get closer to him, my imagination running wild. I was certain the trees wanted to get me. I clicked the side, getting no result. The echo of the woods made me worry that woodland creatures are following close behind us, or even a serial killer. I turn a few times, never seeing anything which worries me, or relieves me. I start to worry that I'm far too paranoid, but grateful there isn't anyone hunting us. I fumble with the button on top. Unknown. Three of them. I fight with the screen, trying to open it. <sighs> Slow down! I said between labored breaths. After this, I needed to work out. I flipped the screen up to see who was texting me while Jacob slowed his brisk walk without looking back. I could tell he was annoyed and that I was losing our moment. Where are you? The first one read. Somehow, I attributed malice to the question. It was just a line of words thrown together on a screen, but they were angry. How dare you leave without telling me? This one had a familiar tone. Your mother is going to be quite upset with you. Ah, that makes sense. I type back. Hey dad, did you get any phone? Asking the obvious question. Jacob and I are in the woods. I think we're going to see a sunrise. I finish. Looking up from my phone, I look up at Jacob and decide to bridge the gap. I try small talk to pass the time as the sky begins to lighten up. I got a few words out of him, but for the most part, he seems focused on our destination. We are almost there. Jacob breaks my paranoia, sounding happier like when we first started. I check back to see a raccoon who kept staring at us. Do raccoons eat people? I ask, knowing how absurd the question is. Jacob looked back at me, breaking his stride, narrowing one eye in concern. I swipe in the wrong direction again until I see, come home. I roll my eyes knowing that I was somehow in trouble. Uh... He starts until he sees me smile. <laughs> For a moment, I actually thought you were stupid. The laughter in his voice eked into his eyes, reminding me of the little boy that once brought home a frog. Our mother lost her mind, yelling at him for being so close to the lake. You could have drowned, she had said, emphasizing the drowned part. Of all the things to be concerned with, that was always her go-to. Go off near the sewers? Could have drowned. Sit in the bathtub for too long? Could have drowned. Drank water too fast? You guessed it. Could have drowned. I asked my aunt where she got this fear of drowning, but couldn't get a satisfactory answer. The phone lit up again. Come home. I decided that I wasn't losing this connection and ignored it, fiddling to turn it off. But the time flashed before it went off. Five o'clock. 
We exit the tree line into a lake and a cresting sunrise. It had sandy turf kissing the water where it broke apart on land. It was placid aside from the gentle morning breeze lapping it along the brittle surface. I had lived here my whole life and had never seen this lake. Where, where are we, Jacob? My voice was so frail it shocked me. Not only was the water crystal blue, but the sky looked like it was about to burst with fire. No way! I couldn't figure this phone out. A strange thought occurred to me as that left my mouth. This was not my phone. This is the center of the forest. As he said it, I could see the other side of the lake where the trees were catching the sun. Over there is Ridge Pass. We need to cross the lake to get there. I followed his extended arm to a dark part of the woods. It screamed ominous. I didn't want to go. Plus, that thought gnawed at my mind. He pointed lower at a pair of docks stretching into the lake. I'll do all the rowing. Don't worry. A strange smile crossed his face. It was an attempt to put me at ease. Everything okay? He could tell it didn't work. Why is this the first time you've brought me here? I said, shifting my gaze from him to my phone. He shrugged, tossed me a sandwich from his bag, and walked down the dock toward a small boat. I didn't want to alarm him about the texts, so I kept them to myself. Opening the sandwich, I found eggs and bacon. You cook too? I said in a mock tone. That's when I read the new text. Young man, do not ignore me. Another message popped up while reading that one. Call me now. This is really out of character for Jacob, huh? He had a rueful tone in his voice. I look at the message, more annoyed that I'm being yelled at. I must have studied the wrong one. Jacob was mumbling, but that's what I thought he said. Dad's been texting me, I say, splitting my attention between the sandwich, him, and my phone. I need to call him. Hang on. As I finished dialing Dad, it occurred to me that he's been texting a phone that isn't mine. His number weighed my phone down as he stared at it. Ignore him. The sun is almost up, Jacob said, as though issuing a command. I looked over with a start. He was closer than I thought. I took a step back. Call him later. Again, he commanded, reaching for the phone. I stepped back as another phone-related thought popped up. Jacob's name and face were already on this phone, a phone I had never seen. A memory flashed across my mind. I got texts telling me to run. They were begging me to get to safety. I remembered a sorrowful voice and pains that I had forgotten earlier returned, rocking me. Jacob took a step forward. I thumbed the send button, keeping eye contact with him while in pain. Hi, Dad. Who are you with? Jacob said through the phone. I stared at Jacob standing in front of me. Hey, asshat, don't bring me into your shit, phone Jacob warned in his normal annoyance. I take a few more steps away from in front of me, Jacob. Do you hear me, fatso? I hear a scuffle as I stare wide-eyed at the person in front of me. I keep forgetting to take the phone at this point, he said, tilting his head. Hang up. You don't want them to find you. His commands began to grow an edge to them. Trust me. How dare you lie to your father? 
I hear my mum yell at me, though she sounded a thousand miles away. Hell, hell, I tried to say as in front of me Jacob stalks forward extending his hand. Da, da, hell. My words scrape against my dry throat. There is a silence on the other end, but I can tell she knew something was wrong. Tell me exactly what you see around you. Her shift in demeanor is sudden. Now. Her tone cold. I, docs, two of them. I start before Jacob lashes out at me, knocking the phone to the ground. That's not smart. He says, standing so close I can feel his breath. I can only help you if you trust me. I look around, frantic for an escape. He grabs my shirt, pulling me even closer. He whispers, they don't want what's best. They don't know the things that make you happy. He grabbed my collar and dragged me away, despite me digging my boots into the sand. I yell. I don't know what I'm yelling, but I'm panicking against the unusual strength of my younger brother. I kick and scream, desperate for anyone to hear me in these secluded ass woods. I try to find purchase on the slick docks. Here, you're at the dock, but then below you're halfway to the dock. Yet, my feet couldn't grip anything. Ridge Pass! I remember shouting out that name. You shouldn't have said that. He growled through his teeth. My heart beats hard in my chest, threatening to burst out. Yanking me hard, we hit the docks, and I lose my footing. I slip, landing hard on my knees. He dragged me halfway to the docks before I could register it. I kick against the slick wood, unable to get any friction to stop him. We are at the edge of that dock, and in an instant, I'm staring into the crystal blue lake, reflecting the fiery sky. He moves to throw me in, but somewhere in my idiotic head, I decided to give him advice. I can swim. Genuine shock crosses his face, but he stops. Considering me, he pulls thick rope from his bag. He was so much stronger than I was, I couldn't resist him or escape his grip. With deft movements, he bound my hands and feet, double-checking to make sure it was secure. Looking me in the eye, he looked so sad. My mind races and I start to beg. Please, please, don't do this. I'm practically blubbering at this point. No, I'm not proud, but I challenge you to do better. Though I hope you never have to. Jacob, it's me, your brother. His face draws down in sadness, and I could taste his regret. This is not how we wanted to do this. I promise we only wanted to help. I'm sorry for what happens next. 5.30. He shoves me in. Hold your breath. It will help with the next part. The water's glass surface shatters. When I hit it, I felt the cold cutting me to the bone. I struggle against my bonds, trying to flail to the surface, twisting in useless circles. For a moment, I'm facing up, looking at Jacob, who isn't Jacob, peering over the docks. The water is so clear, but my ripples distort his features, making him look digital. Pain stabs my chest. I'm running out of air. Giving a mighty twist, I turn away from the surface, staring down to the lake's floor. I could see all the way down, which was more unnerving than helpful. The ground growing closer caused me to panic. Pain shoots through me again, not only in my lungs this time, but everywhere from this morning. 
flashes of an accident, a beating, and loss flare through my mind. As I begin to realize, more horrifying things happened to me in that moment. I was burned? Was I eviscerated? Oh god. The flaying. Recognition hits me. And this concludes today's chapter of Family Knows Best. No, <laughs> I know I always do this. I turn up the heat and put it on pause. I can be so cruel. <laughs> Don't worry, the completion of this story is just around the corner and I'll be sending it to the RSS feed guards once it's done. A huge thank you for listening and Sean Corrells for sending his story through. If you have your own story, send it my way at storiesfablesghostlytales at gmail.com. Feel free to say hi, email me what story you'd like to hear, and even personal paranormal accounts. Those are some of my favorites. Also, for those of you who have recently visited me on iTunes and left a review, thank you so much. Each review goes a long way. No joke. It grants more exposure to authors and really shows other listeners that this podcast is both creating entertainment whilst supporting those creative minds. So whether you realize it or not, your reviews are shaping this podcast for the better. And lastly, a huge thank you to all of you who are spreading the word around and sharing the episodes. You're making a big impact. So please continue, it's fantastic. And as always, join me for more stories next time.